You could stand at half court and ref better than these guys. And we are back with another episode of From the Raptors. Sam and I are here recording on a, what day is it again? On a Wednesday. Wednesday. And we are here with Evan Singleton of Guy Boston Sports. How you doing, man? What is going on, guys? I'm happy to be back. Hell yeah. Glad to have you on. I mean, a lot of stuff going on right at the end of the All-Star break right now. There is basketball tonight, but no Celtics. So as Sam said, nobody cares about that. Uh, and yeah, there's, like I said, a lot of news, but let's start off with the one non Celtics related news I want to talk about just so we can get it out of the way. Blake Griffin is going to Brooklyn. It, I have my thoughts on it, but I'm curious to hear yours, Evan. What do you think of it? So, I mean, I guess I can go in two directions here. First, he's clearly not the player he was, right? So it's like, how, how big of a deal could it be? He wasn't that great in Detroit, but at the same time, I don't think he goes and hurts your team if he's on your team. So now he's with Brooklyn, who already seems to be somewhat of a powerhouse, and then they get Blake Griffin. And, you know, I know the whole, like, oh, he hasn't dunked in two years. Um, he's not the same player, all that. Like, yeah, it's true, but like I said, he, he is a different type of player. I don't think that he goes to Brooklyn and hurts them. So, if anything, that just hurts the Celtics and the rest of the East because a team that many, you know, I'd probably consider, too, the best team in the conference just got a little bit better no matter how little you want to say, but they definitely got better. Like, I would have liked Blake Griffin on if the Celtics were in on him. He wouldn't have been my dream okay. candidate, but I would have taken him. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think I'm at – that kind of gives context to how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think that's a good good call from you to put that in because I see a lot of people online on Twitter when he first was uh, announced he was going to be bought out. Everyone's like, oh, like, keep him away from the Celtics, blah, blah, blah. Whereas I was like, well, he's free. You don't have exactly. to you don't have to trade anybody for him. So why wouldn't you want him? And, uh, you know, for that same reason, I think it's a benefit to the Nets, a team that is not deep. And I think a lot of players when bought out are going to have to consider the Nets because they have no depth and they can go to the Nets and have a role. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like they're going there to sit on the bench like they're going to play. Um, Blake Griffin, I also feel like he doesn't want to play in Detroit, obviously. Uh, maybe he'll be a little bit more motivated to play harder. So that, that might not be a lot of fun. But we'll get to see tomorrow when uh, the Celtics are playing them. Mm-hmm. See, I have a slightly different viewpoint, I think, on the situation. Because the way they dealt with DeAndre Jordan is they forced him into the starting role and basically exiled Jared Allen. And if they force Blake Griffin into a starting role over Joe Harris, I think that makes their starting lineup worse. Because you take away that shooting, all Blake Griffin does is stand on the three-point line. Realistically, if their plan is to play him 10 minutes a game, fine. I guess it can't hurt that much. I was on KJ's podcast, Look at Sports Morts, guys, and I equated it to Marvin Williams of last year, which maybe was a little aggressive <laughs> looking back at the time, but I don't know. I just feel like he hurts their spacing so much that it, it might not end up a net positive, but I guess we'll wait and see. As you said, Sam, Celtics do play tomorrow, and the big news Marcus Smart is finally back. It's been way too long. It's been since January since we've seen Smart on the court. Evan, how hyped are you to see Marcus back on the court? I'm so hyped, honestly. Like <laughs> even even without the Celtics going through that slump without him, obviously we'd all be pumped to get Smart back. But I think, and I don't know, when I say this on my post game show and stuff, some people agree, some people disagree. I think that that you know 
disaster of a stretch the Celtics went through. I think that proved to definitely to me and to a lot of people how valuable Smart can be. Now, I'm not saying, you know, he, he goes in there and they all of a sudden aren't losing any of those games or anything like that. There's a lot of problems with this team, even though they are in a winning streak right now. But I think that sort of gutless Celtics team that we saw, I think Marcus Smart reversed that a little bit. And I do think that he has the ability to uh, rub off on other players, just like the mentality. I think he is, you know, in everyone's mind, the captain of the team, even if it's not an official thing. I think that it's going to be absolutely massive to get him back. Um, And even if it's even if all that stuff is out the window that I talked about, you get back his defensive ability, you get back like the actual tangible things. It makes his team better. So. Um, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, you literally took it right out of my mouth. I was going to say, you know, this I saw it in there. Rough, I grabbed it. I saw it. It's I, been, I it's been it. a rough stretch for the anti-Marcus people for sure. And uh, to your point, Ev, uh, he's been back on the bench for the last couple weeks, and they obviously have been playing better. So having that leadership there might be helping him out a little bit. Um, I think they should just name him captain. I think that might do a little bit for the morale of the team, too be nice for fans to have a captain again. It's been since Rondo was traded. They haven't had one, which has been a Brad Stevens thing. I think he just likes that there isn't somebody that is the captain and they're all leaders in their own right. But I'm excited to have him back. And I think he is going to make an impact for sure. You know, there's not going to be stretches where they can't stop guys. I mean, they they let guys give up. Uh, I'm sorry. They gave up 30 points to a player like every game for like the last month or something. It's something crazy like that. Like somebody has gotten 30 on them every time. I think it's like literally nine. It's something like nine out of the last 10 games or something ridiculous. I don't know the actual number, but yeah, exactly. And then it's a perfect example. Smart. You say, OK, here, go sick him and he'll hopefully stop that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Guys like Trey Young, we saw Luka Doncic. Those are the guys Marcus would usually be guarding. So getting him back is going to be that much more important. And he is returning, I would say, at the perfect time for the Celtics, who play the Nets tomorrow. Kyrie, James Harden, who's having an MVP season, and Kevin Durant. I say the Celtics are one of the teams in the NBA that probably match up man-to-man best with the Nets, with Marcus, with Jalen, with Jason Tatum. So having Marcus back is going to be important. Evan, how big of a... I don't know if turning points the right word. How big of a – what does this game mean for the rest of the season? Is this an indicator of how well the Celtics can do if they do perform well? Perform well, I could say, yeah. I don't think it's a winner, like, lose type of, you know, if they yeah. win, it means something if they lose. Yeah. But if they go out there and play well, I think that's an indicator that they're ready to go and, and, and fight for the rest of the year. They're playing, obviously, a really good team. I know people want to, you know, rag all over the nets for – not having the depth or not having the defense, but let's be honest, like once they're a completely healthy team, that's a scary team to play. So if they can come out, the Celtics being, if they can come out and, you know, one, beat this team, that'd be amazing. Two, at least just like play hard. I think the spread's like only two and a half right now. So they're supposed to be playing hard. If they don't go out there and, you know, get there, you know, what's kicked in. I think that that's an indicator that we're going to have a more positive second half of the year. But I still really do believe that, there's some issues on this team, I guess, that, you know, they should fix with new personnel. Um, not necessarily the coach. I know everyone wants to fire Brad Stevens when they lose, but I do think that they're, if this team wants to go to the next level, it's not a matter of the guys on the team getting to the next level. I think, you know, multiple pieces should be necessary. So I guess long answer, yes, this game matters, but I don't think, you know, if they go out and win this game, I don't think it's like championships back on, I guess. I'm interested to see what level they're at to compete because we've seen them win four in a row. 
Um, they beat who? They beat the Pacers, who are solid. Uh, Clippers, even though they didn't have Kawhi, I've been saying a jack. I mean, Reggie Jackson went off, so like <laughs> it evens out. Uh, then they beat Toronto, and I'm missing one. Washington, Rogers, who yeah. was on fire. So, I mean, those those are all pretty solid wins besides Toronto, who was playing with a skeleton crew. But I mean, I'm impressed by that because the Celtics love to play down to competition. They still won. I'm very impressed. Uh, I'm excited to see how they come out against Brooklyn tomorrow. Will they? put up a better fight than they did on Christmas. I sure hope so. They looked good for the first half of the game on Christmas. So I, you know, they're capable of it. And Brooklyn has probably gotten, it, they've lost the depth, which isn't a huge problem when you've got all those guys, like you mentioned it already. People want to say that, but I mean, it is a problem. It's something we as Celtics fans complain about all the time. The Celtics are super top heavy right now. So having depth helps, but they also have three superstar players and, DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin now, who we'll see how he plays. Scary to see the Nets when Spencer Dinwiddie comes back. I feel like I forget that he's on that yeah. team a lot because he's hurt. Well, his contract's up after the season. Oh, is it? Yeah. And then maybe we'll see him somewhere else. I saw a uh, trade idea out there from like ESPN quote unquote experts saying they should trade him in a first for JJ Redick, and I kind of laughed, but I guess it makes more sense if his, his contract is up. But uh. You mentioned, Evan, that the Celtics need more help. I think I would tend to agree. I'd say Sam would say the same. Marcus Smart's going to help, you know, patch up the solution, but he's not the entirety to solving the Celtics team this year. Danny Ainge has even come out and said earlier this mm-hmm. season that this team, as currently constructed, is not good enough to win a championship. That being said, before we get into the question I want to ask you, which is what pieces do you prefer on the trade market? One of the Celtics bench players did have a very good game against the Raptors, and I, I had to bring it up because I know <laughs> we we have our differences in opinion here. But Grant Williams was so good. He was so good. Uh, he still had the defensive lapses. I'll admit that. He, he's not been the best on defense this season. He's far from untouchable. But offensively, he was a big part of that, you know, comeback the Celtics made against the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see him. I've said it multiple times. If he plays well, <laughs> give him credit where he do, where, where he's due. But, I mean, he overall this season, he's stunk. Yeah. I, uh, I don't uh, – and, <laughs> and I think I've said it on, and, on Twitter and whatnot too. I know that you love Grant and you'll defend him, but I think that those are the only people that should be still rooting for Grant, the people that are like, I'm going to die on this hill. Because <laughs> anyone that's unbiased and has watched Grant this season, I don't see how they're like, oh, like I want to be a fan of that guy. Like I respect the, you know, like you, Jack, and others that are wanting – like really do want to see him be good and whatnot, but he's just been terrible this year, especially for what – people were saying he was going to be, you know? So it's like, it's, it's great that he goes out and scores um, 17 points. I think it was on like seven of nine shooting, yeah. right? Three or four mm-hmm. from three. See, maybe he is living in my head. I just remember his stat line, but, um, <laughs> but it's great to see that. But at the same time, like who's like, that's not the Grant Williams that we wanted, right? We wanted this guy that could cover one through five, could rebound, could play amazing defense. So I It's great. I'm glad that he's hitting a couple threes, but I still want to see the, uh, you know, he's our version of Draymond Green that everyone talked about. So I'm I'm impressed by the games. And I think he's had probably a couple of those this year. But grand scheme of things, I think it's a down year for Grant Williams, to say the least. And I think it, you know that that's yeah, got to be true, I, even though you love him. I would I would agree with that. There's definitely been some regression on the defensive side. I, you can't you can't watch him play and not say that. I will say, you know, being the avid Grant defender that I am. 
I think a big part of it is the giant switch and roll they've asked him to play. He he went from playing a lot of five and four to mm-hmm. majorly three and four because Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice are playing together because Robert Williams has been so good. And I don't think that's his game. Whether or not there's a spot for him on this team anymore makes me sad because realistically, Robert Williams is playing so well. Daniel Tice is really good. That contract is up, though. But his best basketball comes when he's playing that small ball five. And it was working really well in the playoffs last year. Obviously, he played really well in that series against the Raptors. And I think a big part of why his defense hasn't been as effective is because he's doing a lot more switching, a lot more running around instead of just, you know, posting up in the paint and Mm -hmm. defending those big guys, which is something he needs to improve upon because he is, you know, undersized for a center. But I would attribute a lot of his defensive regression to that. And but I also will admit it has <laughs> been rough to watch at times. Right. Yeah. Like I, I can't disagree with what you're saying, but at the same time, if that's what's being asked of him now and yeah. to try and get this team better, then it's hurting the team, you know. And mm-hmm. again, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe Brad Stevens is playing him out of position. But the guy that's in the position that's out of position is Grant. He's going to get the blame from yeah. me from multiple people because I agree. That's yeah. what it is. And that, and that's fair. Sam, neutral party here. What are your thoughts on Grant? So one thing about Grant that I absolutely love is he will get DNPs and sit the whole game, then come in and like be lights out. And I mean, that's what we saw in the playoffs. Like he maybe not lights out in the playoffs. Well, he was, he's probably like 60% in the playoffs, but he'll come in like not playing the whole game and just like be like he was there the whole time. It's it just so weird how Brad will use Grant to me. And he's like, he's always ready. So for his longevity of being on the Celtics, I think that's very good for him. Because anytime they need him, he seems to be somewhat ready. He hasn't been great on defense, but offensively, I feel like he... Every time Grant shoots, I think it's going in. And he's in, that's an elite club to be in. But so are you guys okay, you're okay with that now? Like, if they're a championship team, we want Grant Williams shooting? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying... When he shoots, that's good. But, like... If you were saying he, you know, you want him like, or you want, you want every time he shoots, it's going to go in. Then you got to start thinking about allocating shots for him when you're thinking about this. And I don't know if I want to go there. I could see if the numbers say go there, you know, people go there, but I, I don't know. That's that's where I'd fall off. It's like I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be relying on a Grant Williams corner three as a major part of the offense type of thing. I agree. I just think I think he would be more of a not not like a run plays for kind of guy, but a safety valve corner. You can rely on him, if that makes yeah. sense. Obviously, he's not going to be your offense, but like you know, when Tatum and Brown are getting contested on the drive, they can kick to him. He's reliable enough. I feel like there's very few guys around the league who are you run plays for them just to get three point shots. I'm talking Joe Harris. I'm talking Duncan Robinson, Steph Curry, obviously Dame Lillard, all, all those superstars. But like in terms of role players, it's Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson. Can't think of any more off the top of my head, but those two, it's you run a play for them in your offense and they will get you a bucket. Seth Curry, really good at it. JJ Redick in his prime a few years ago. <clears throat> but in terms of on the Celtics, they don't really have that. And that leads into my next question. While the solution might not be a shooter, on the trade market right now, buyout market, whatever you want to look at, who are your favorite guys out there? Is it Harrison Barnes? Is it a bigger thing like Nikola Jokic? Who are the guys you're eyeing as the trade deadline approaches? So it's my answer to this is always kind of, funny because it's something like as you guys could probably imagine in the in the post game show that i do after the games everyone's always like who are they going to target who are they going to target and my answer from then and I, I can give a couple specific names but honestly is every name that gets brought up i'm like yeah like why not why wouldn't we take a guy like that it's it's really like i'm not picky any of the names that are out there i'm like yeah give me them but um one of the interesting things that i think i've talked about before was going after 
teams um, that seem like they're in turmoil right now. It's, I'm not breaking news. Like, I think everyone's thought of that. But going after some of these guys on, in, like, Houston, you know, you have Ben McLemore, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon. I think all of those guys, you know, you wouldn't – not just one of them, but, you know, a group of those guys could come in and help this team out. You have guys like Terrence Ross, who I think would be a really, really good piece here. Um, so, to me, I don't think the Celtics use – the or I'm not gonna say use the TPE because they would have to probably cut into it for some of this, but I don't think they go out and get the one superstar and say, okay, you know what, our problems are already solved. This team already has its top tier players, its superstars. Would I take a Harrison Barnes and go to sleep with a smile on my face at night? Yeah, obviously. Would I take a Vucevic? Obviously. But could I think? Do I think that you know this team gets immediately better with adding two or three guys instead of one guy? That's where I start to differ from most people because I think yes, I think you know. It's 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 more of a, a quantity over the one quality to me because I think that as much as people want to root for them, I think having to rely on guys like Semi Ojale, even Jeff Teague now, or Grant Williams, all these guys coming off the bench that are playing like crucial minutes, I think there's better options out there. And again, you know, I'm I'm putting a lot of weight into Kemba and and the Jays because I think that that's where our top is. We don't need another top tier player. But um, I really just want to beef up the the middle to bottom part of the roster. And I think that that's an easier ask. But I feel like everyone's focusing on big names. Yeah, I, I agree. That's actually a, a great point. And like you say, no one talks about that. And it should be talked about more often because the, the main issue to me is depth. And we mentioned I mentioned earlier in the show, we were talking about Brooklyn. It's, it is a serious thing you need to worry about. You need reliable guys. And the Celtics don't have that. They have guys that are good every once in a while. And we honestly, we don't really know how reliable they are because Jack will tell uh, about the, the bench shooting stats, how they're extremely high. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the ball isn't moving enough, which it hadn't been. Recently it has been, and they've been winning games. Guys are making shots, scoring off the bench. Was it Toronto or um, LA where they had like everyone in double figures? I think that was Toronto where they had like four bench guys in double figures. Yeah, like... I mean, Pritchard is pretty reliable to me. He's very confident, which is huge for mm-hmm. a rookie. Um, you know, I think Grant's reliable shooting. Not that I want to run plays for him. Shemi <laughs> has been hot and cold. Teague has even been better. Maybe yeah. he, he's upping his trade value. Crazy. I'm, I'm ecstatic. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think improving the depth is a huge deal. And if it doesn't happen, it might not be the end of the world, though, because of how efficient the bench has been. And maybe if they're utilized more, we'll see how efficient they can be. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite guys right now is Otto Porter in Chicago. You know, rumors he's going to get bought out. And if not, they're probably going to sell him for cheap. You throw a first-round pick, maybe a first and a second, even a young guy at Chicago, I think they bite on that immediately. You know, it would take a big chunk of the TPE at that point. So I would probably wait for him to hit that buyout market mm-hmm. in favor of that. And then you cut one of the the younger guys, but Otto Porter shooting 40% from three this year. He would be the perfect guy to bring off the bench. Celtics have almost no wing depth except for the supposed return of Romeo Langford sometime in the distant future, whoever knows when that's going to be. And we can talk about that briefly in a second, but Otto Porter is one of my favorite guys. I really like the Houston fire sale idea, getting Daniel House, you know, PJ Tucker, maybe he's a little older. Uh, ben McLemore, I really like. I like that team, you know, taking their assets for the Celtics. And then the magic, obviously, too. Evan Fournier is not bad, but he does make a lot of money. Yeah. Terrence Ross is solid. So I, I like those ideas the most. Even Michael Carter-Williams, who I know I don't think Sam likes as much, but I, I'm a fan it's of It's a Boston guy. Of course I would want him. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, you should have always have a local <laughs> guy on the team. He's got the, he's got the heart. He grew up a fan. 
He wants to win more than anybody. There you go. Well, those are my top picks, but I I did mention briefly Romeo Langford. Do you have any hope anymore that he's going to come back and contribute? Or are you, what's the word? Hope, sure. Like, I think that that's a fine word, but any sort of like people saying, you know, he's going to come back and help this team or he's going to come back. There's people that tweet me and say he's going to come back and start. Like, I don't understand (laughs) what anyone's basing that off of. And I'm not saying it's the opposite. Like, he could come back and do all that, sure. But I don't know what crazy talk is going on where people are, like, relying on Romeo Williams um, uh, coming back. And Romeo Langford, sorry, coming back and (laughs) helping this team. Maybe a Romeo Williams, maybe he's got a better shot at it. I don't know. (laughs) But, But, like, it's like he's been injured every chance he gets. And he hasn't shown that he can do anything at length. So... To me, it's like if that comes back, sure. Like I don't hate Romeo Langford. I don't hate. I don't hate anything about him, or or don't say you know. I I hope he stinks or anything like that. But anyone basing it off of like I actually I want to know what people are basing their their sort of you know confidence. That's a good word. In like I I don't know what you could be basing it off of. Maybe college basketball, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on the uh, Romeo is going to come back and contribute train because it just hasn't hasn't been there so far and. It might be there, but I have nothing to base it off of. Mm-hmm. Sam? Um, I think he might be able to come back. I, I'm kind of with you. There's no nothing really to base it off of. He had a couple nice games. He got to start last year. Orlando and Atlanta, I think the other one was. Uh, they were giving him minutes in the playoffs, and he hurt himself. But I think he was like so important to them for some reason that they played him even after he tore the ligament, which was crazy to me. Like he was in, in his wrist shooting hand right am i wrong about that it's in his shooting hand they were playing him i think so yeah yeah like what the hell's going on maybe they're they're really confidence defense but one comparison i've heard is uh to jalen brown's rookie year is how he didn't really play romeo didn't really play but it wasn't because jalen was injured so that's a big (laughs) difference i mean Mm -hmm. who knows maybe he's gonna improve He's he's found money at this point i mean you don't have him and you're getting him for free so i mean you (laughs) you already have I, I love free. free, so maybe maybe he's going to be an impactful bench player. He most certainly has the opportunity to with the, the staff they have now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard the rumblings that I have that, you know, if the organization really likes Romeo, people think that he's going to do really well from, like, I, I can't remember. I think Scalabrini was talking about it with Zach Lowe, but it, it's just like, I, like you said, Evan, I haven't seen anything that makes me think, wow, this guy's going to come in, average 15 a game, and lock up the best defender. Like, hopefully he can be productive, you know, knock down a few shots, play some solid defense. You know, what I explained that as is he could, at the very least, you know, lighten the load on the Jays on the defensive end. So they don't have to try as hard there. Romeo can, you know, cover a few bench guys uh, while they're both in the game, and that could help out there. But overall, I just hope he's somewhat productive and he can improve in the future and help this team or, you know, be a trade asset. And speaking of trade asset, I wrote an article the other day called Ranking the Celtics Tradable Players. So what I did was I broke it down into categories based on not how valuable they are to other teams, but how valuable the players are to the Celtics. So I believe my categories were untouchable, uh, extremely valuable. I'm just reading through here. Uh, Extremely valuable in the middle, potential value to the Celtics, and then tradable was my last category. So you don't have to break it down into those exact categories, but I I just want a rough thought process of who on the Celtics is untouchable to you. Say you're Danny Ainge, who are you definitely not trading? Who are you trying to keep a hold of, you know, at all costs? And then the rest of it is, you know, mid-tier doesn't matter and people you're just willing to give away. To uh, to, the untouchable, I think really it's 
like untouchable, untouchable. Obviously, yeah. I think it's just Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. I think I would put Robert Williams closer to that category just because you don't know what you're going to get from him and all signs point to him being an electric player. And at this point he hasn't like proven too, too much in the league. So I think if you trade him, you'd be trading a guy that, you know, you're not getting what your true potential value could be. You could be trading him to get, you know, player X who Robert Williams could even be better than him when it's all said and done. Who knows? So that's sort of based on potential. Those are the three guys. I mean, I'm not really interested in trading Marcus smart or, Kemba Walker either, but I wouldn't say like totally untouchable. Even Smart's probably more untouchable to me than Kemba, but I am not a really, I'm not a trade Kemba guy. Um, And then in terms of, I guess those are like the middle names. Um, Honestly, past those, was that five guys? Past those five, maybe Pritchard I would put in more of that. Like I'm not looking to, to, you know, he's closer to untouchable, but again, depending on the package you're getting, it's really only to me, the Jays, and then probably Robert Williams in terms of untouchable. Like, Pritchard's been great, but I would ship him out if it meant bringing in someone that's also young, that also is, you know, great. You know, I'm not looking to trade him for P.J. Tucker for, you know, but but I think that um, and if everyone else is, like, sort of in that mid-tier, except for then I look at um, Semi Ojale, Javante Green, all of those typical names, I think that those are guys that, like, I would actively be not shopping, but saying, like, hey, like, what do you want to give us for this? Or if you have, if you have one of these obvious names out there, like when PJ Tucker's name was floated out, it's like they, they talk about the interested parties and the Celtics aren't on that list. I don't understand why Danny Ainge isn't like, Hey, like you have PJ Tucker available or any interest in Javante green in a second round pick or something like, I don't know. I'm just pulling that trade out of my ass, but I don't know why some of these lower end guys aren't completely like touchable. Like not even, not even just like middle wouldn't mind if they go, it's like, I would be, shopping them because even if it comes back and Danny Ainge was floating around Jeff Green's name at the trade deadline what the hell does that matter anyways like you think that matters that Jeff Teague's going to be pissed so like I would I would actively be shopping any of these guys at the bottom end of the the roster um and same thing with Tice I think that's a guy that they should be shopping too because I don't think he's going to be on the Celtics you know with a new contract um I, I love him I think he's done great but that's a name that I would definitely be seeing um, if any teams had interest in because I think he could provide a lot to another team but yeah that's I think think that was kind of all over the place but um, it's kind of where I'm at yeah I mean I think see I put Marcus in the untouchables just because I I don't know I love Marcus he's right just, there for I, me I'm not gonna lie I like, think like he's I just said, he's he's right there shocker so. yeah he's he's so <laughs> rare because I mean, he's you don't find players like him, and you need a player like him to win. But what he if is he was included in like a player. Carl Anthony Towns deal or something? You well, know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's different. Like a well, superstar. That, I mean, that's touchable. <laughs> what do you mean? That's that's touchable. That that's like a very rare thing. And, and the <laughs> like, deals that we have heard like, about, you know, what I'm saying he's like not touchable. Vucevic, Harrison Barnes, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Then by so, then, it, then I think he's probably untouchable to me too, honestly. Okay. If, if yeah. that's yeah, so the way I. The way I broke it down was obviously you got the Jays in the completely untouchable category. My extremely valuable, I put Kemba, Marcus, Pritchard, and Robert Williams. So kind of like what you said, those guys that you you really don't want to move. And the way I explained it, I think at the end was, uh, after if there was a trade to be made for a significant upgrade to the team, then none of these players are completely untouchable. You you could ship any of those off. In the middle, I had Daniel Tice because, like you said. You don't want to move him because he's good, but that contract makes him so tradable at this time. I also had Shemi Ojale, and I think my reasoning there was realistically, 
he doesn't provide as much value to other teams as he does to the Celtics, right? Because, and I think that was partially me just thinking like no one's going to want Shemi Ojale in one of these major packages over mm-hmm. like a Carson or a Tremont Waters or Aaron Neesmith. And then potential value I had Neesmith and Langford because I think those are two of their valuable pieces. And then the rest of the team, including Grant Williams, I threw in the tradable assets, you know, category, which was hard for me to do, but uh, it was the the smart direction to go in. So I do think, I mean, I know I, I don't like Grant Williams very much, but I do think a team would look at him and 100%. think exactly what Celtics fans have been saying too, you know, like, Hey, he could be, he could fit into our team. He could be a small ball lineup guy. So I, I mean, that's probably, that's probably me. That's, that's the part of me that loves Grant. If he can get them some sort of a better deal in a trade, <laughs> like I'm, I'm a Grant fan in that case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he could slip into that category with Romeo and Aaron Neesmith as guys the Celtics could easily trade that other teams would look at and be like, huh, I, I wouldn't mind a package around that guy. So hopefully Danny Ainge sees that too. And as painful as it would be for me to see Grant Williams go, if, like you said, if he could get the Celtics an upgrade somewhere, that would help them boost them towards a championship contention. Hey, it could, it could be uh, like yeah. the best thing to happen for your fandom. The Terry Rozier is, is one of my guys. He goes to Charlotte, and I love him in Charlotte. So oh, it, yeah. it, it could be the best thing that's happened to your <laughs> Grant Williams fandom. Terry Rozier is so good right now. He's been absolutely ridiculous for the Hornets this season. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, untouchable is such a tough term because, like you said, it's really just the Jays here. Um, I wanted your thoughts on Nikola Vucevic in, in you know, particular, because that is the big name being thrown around everywhere. I feel like After everyone. This, I either, got something. But yeah, keep going. I got you. I feel like everybody wants him or hates him because you know the defense isn't great, but the offense is so amazing. But then there's that high price tag. Do you have any like specific thoughts on it? Or are you just kind of like, eh? And now a quick word from our sponsor. No, he probably is out of like the big names. If they were to land a big name, I think he's probably at the top or towards the top of my list. I think he's a a big man that can play big. But, you know, the thing that everyone complains about, oh, they need a guy to stretch the floor. That's why Semi and Grant are so good on this team. Vucevic can also step outside and stretch the floor when he needs to. I think he would be amazing to this team. Um, again, I don't like I don't. It's weird that I say that because I don't think that the big men are is this team's problem. But at the same time, yeah. I do think that he is, I mean, he's starting to be not overrated because he's been playing so well. But I think he is, uh, or sorry, underrated. I think he is one of the more underrated guys out there. I think if he were to come on to like a winning basketball team like this, he would be in like ridiculous here. So uh, I really like him. And I know the the defense, everyone talks about that type of thing. That That's, that's like... Um, People that don't understand that if you're going to trade for anybody in this league, you're not going to get a guy that doesn't have, a, oh, he's good at this, but like everyone yeah. has that, but, and then what's after it? It's, it's, no one's a perfect player unless you're out there trading for, you know, a LeBron James or something like that. Like you're going to get a guy that does something really, really well, but then there might be drawbacks. And I've always said this for years now. One of the things that a Brad Stevens defense, especially anchored by Marcus Smart does is it's a team defense more than a lot of other teams play. And I think that they can cover up some of the, the defensive lapses that some players may have. So Vucevic, I'm really high on. Is it like a, we got to go balls to the wall to go and get him? Because the price, you know, like you said, Jack, it's going to be high. I don't think they need to jump through hoops and ladders to get him. But if they got Vucevic, he's probably the, the out of all the big names being mentioned, that's the one that I'd be the highest on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you with the team defense thing. Brad Stevens is an excellent defensive coach. It's really been his calling card throughout the uh, time he's been here. That with along with getting the most out of his guys, which people seem to forget about now. But like before, like Tatum was a star. I mean, even that first that first run, I guess he's getting the most out of his guys when they didn't have Kyrie or Hayward. 
But, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, that team, like, he was getting the most out of everybody, and that's why they were able to succeed. Um, as far as Vucevic goes, I like it. I mean, what's the price? That's that's always my big question. It Jack question. will tell you. Um, I don't like giving up things at all. I'm, I'm getting uh, that. I, I'm getting that vibe. Yeah, I feel like very, very based cheap, on this, Sam and is. and when I tune into the pregame show, I think <laughs> I think there's a there's a strong Sam, you know, loves the Dollar Tree store type thing. <laughs> the Dollar Tree. <laughs> I mean. I, I I can't say I do, but I do love. I'm like my mom, man. My mom will say she's not cheap, she's thrifty. So I guess I'm thrifty, right? We're we're shopping at the thrift shop. There you go. Um, but I I would I would be interested because that's a a smart big man. You know, he he could definitely pass the ball, even though he might not be doing it in Orlando. The poor guy's wasting his prime in Orlando. I mean, isn't that awful? They they <laughs> they, they have been like. Like seven seed every year, they get bounced in the win the first game of the first round, and they gentlemen sweep. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It, it, I feel bad for him. Um, who else? Harrison Barnes. I, I think that's interesting just because of the wing depth thing. One thing I wanted to, I was going to bring up is you mentioned Carl Towns. That's another guy that is wasting away his years <laughs> at, on a team that's not winning, and they're doing things to win. How much of that is on him? You got to start thinking like. They they are making moves to surround him with talent, and they're still not being successful. They are having injury problems this year. Mm-hmm. That is a thing. I mean, I I don't know if that's just the type of organization that you know, no matter what they pile on, no matter who they throw in there, can't, is it just a sinkhole? Like, are they never going to to get over the top until they can bring in like absolute hammers of superstars and then overwhelm the city with basketball? You know what I mean? Like, you add. A good piece here. You add a good piece there. You add depth here to Minnesota. I think they're constantly just going to keep, you know, spiraling. Unfortunately, because Carl Anthony Towns, I feel like, has been rumored multiple times. Like, oh yeah, he's like available, you know. But then it's also like, yeah, he's not going to leave Minnesota. I think we just saw last week, like the Heat were interested in him or something too. Like it's it's such a weird situation with him because you'd think he'd even want out, which I feel like has been alluded to in the past. And then all of a sudden, you hear the opposite of. No, you know what? He 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 wants to build here, and and the team's gonna do everything they can to keep him here. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's on him um, for not turning around. But I do think that you know when you play in what I would consider a place where people just don't seem to care, I think um, it's some of the culture is just never gonna change. I, I respect him for not making a scene too. You know, I, yeah. I don't like that. I've said it about Harden, mm-hmm. and I I don't like when guys do that. You signed the contract; they're paying you money. You play basketball. That's your job. That is your career. Like you're getting right. paid millions of dollars and that gets left out all the time. And players will complain about a double standard. Um, Draymond was doing it because they were sitting Andre Drummond like willingly. But he's in on that. You know, like, I don't know. I, I don't like the whole players league thing, which is probably like not a good guy point of view. But like, dude, like that's not what the league is like. People people root for teams and they occasionally will root for players too, but like it's a team thing. Yep. You know, teams are the ones that their name is on the front. Like that's who matters, not who's yep. on the back. I think that you're, I like that because that's probably why there's so much, um, you know, not back and forth. That's not the right terminology, but in terms of like there's so much, no one really knows the situation in Minnesota. You hear all of a sudden he's available, then you hear he's staying there. That's probably because he isn't going out there saying, I want out and making it clear, which. I think it's a good look for him. Um, but at the same time, you know, you said it yourself, uh, Sam, he's wasting away. 
at some point, if he wants to win a championship or something like that, then it's on him for not or to even compete. Yeah, have, have a chance to be oh, in the playoffs. How about how about win a game? Yeah. So yeah, that that if if he's not gonna speak out and he's gonna you know be okay with his money and then whatnot, then then that is totally his decision then you know. So and, and there's a way to go about it too. You you don't have to. You can you can request a trade after being there for a while and like it's okay. Like Bradley, I don't know. The, like Bradley, Brad, right now. yeah, that'd be okay with me. Like if Harden, trade. Harden. It was one year after like. Like, as soon as they weren't supposed to compete anymore, never went through any kind of turmoil, like, losing season. He throws a fit and wants to get out. Uh, even John Wall, when he requested a trade, that was, like, comical to me. Because, like, <laughs> dude, you haven't played basketball in, like, three years. Who yeah. would have requested a trade, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely interesting what they're doing. I mean, Minnesota even had that, you know, Jimmy Butler experiment, which I, I thought that would have been really good. They had a lot of injury problems that year. They were on pace to be one of the better teams in the West. Injuries happened. It didn't end up well. But if Carl Anthony Towns, it seems like he has to be the best player on the team because I don't know if that was – I mean, after what Jimmy did in Miami, realistically, how much of that was actually Jimmy Butler's fault, right? Yeah. That's what I'm confused about. Plus, you see what they did with Kevin Garnett, right? He was about to buy the team, and they kind of shoot him away or something. I don't know the exact details, but Minnesota just doesn't want to win. I guess right. I don't know what it is with them. They're, they're a mess. SB Nation did a video on that, the Kevin Garnett in against Minnesota really? thing. Like, there's, like, a lot there, beef with the owner and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, specifically what's going on, but this isn't a Timberwolves podcast. We're just kind of, you know, going on a tangent because they make but me But back sad. to it. <laughs> I mean, he would be great for the Celtics. He's young. Um, you know, he's a he's one of the top players in the league or at his position. You know, he's similar to the age of the uh, Jalen and Jason. Who knows? He could be a legend in Boston if they went out and got him. But he's probably too expensive. They would want one of the Jays back, I would imagine. Is is that something you'd be willing to do though? Like if you get to keep, if you get to keep one, I I feel for me it's no. Last year I would have said in, in a heartbeat I would trade Jalen, and I'm this is I love Jalen, but this year I think Jalen's proven how good. Not even that he is already, but how good he's gonna be. Like I 100%. I think Jalen's production is greater than Carl Anthony Towns' production at at this point, and certainly like two years from now. You know what I mean? So. um would have said yes in a heartbeat. Carnality Towns has been like a, a white whale for me for so long, or white buffalo, I don't know what the term is. But I, I would love him on the Celtics, but I, I wouldn't trade either of the Jays now. Definitely not. Something I'm interested in is I'm looking up the exact, you know, thing right here. I feel like Kat's contract is up. Never mind. Never mind. I guess they up relatively soon. It's not up even close to right, soon. So. Extended, four uh, years, yeah, three yeah. years left. 23, 23, 24 is when it ends. But yeah. realistically speaking, if the Jays are still in Boston, by that time, they'll have cap space. Obviously, the Bradley Beal, the Carlin D. Towns, whatever you want to call it, rumors, is who they could sign to pair with the Jays. And I think that's a valid argument. We don't have to get into it now, though, because that is way two out years. there. <laughs> it is... I'll come back on this show in two years if we want to have uh, this conversation. Okay? All right. I promise. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Bookmark but... it. <laughs> One of the last things I wanted to talk about, uh, the Celtics put out new jerseys today. It's not every day Celtics get new jerseys. I feel like twice a year at this point, they get the city jerseys and they get the earned Many jerseys. Times. Every team put out, you know, uh, earned jerseys today. Mm-hmm. What do you think? They're different-ish. They're kind of the same, but they're just a weird, different shade of green. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts so, on the new jerseys? So the, I don't. Do you guys remember like a few months back these leaked, but they weren't these exact. Yeah. They must have been like the rough draft of these because the letters were like neon green and stuff. Those were terrible. This new one that's kind of has a hint of the neon green. 
I kind of like, um, but that's as far as I'd go. I'd like. I've had a gripe since, you know, I don't know, probably, I guess, last couple of years with the Celtics seemingly feel the need to to keep it super classy or classic, which I totally get. That's the vibe of the team. You know, you don't stray far from what you know. But some of these other jerseys that are, and some of them are bad, but some of these other jerseys in the league, like with their with their sort of, you know, tertiary color and whatnot, they're awesome. And if the Celtics mm-hmm. could do something like that, I, I think it'd be really, really cool. So the fact that, you know, they're even dipping their toe into like the neon green, I guess I have to respect for them, you know, really getting wild. But um, <laughs> I would love to see something like, you know, uh, look at like the Miami Vice jerseys, right? And and not the the two tone or whatever. I'm not a huge fan of those. But did you see their just, earned jerseys? I didn't know. Absolutely awful. Them. They're all yellow. They're literally. Just oh, I did see that. And I did see those. Yeah. I, Anyways, continue. Sorry. It was a joke. But <laughs> but um but so like something where all of a sudden it becomes like more and more of okay, this is like our you know you know third or fourth color that we can go to. I think it'd be kind of cool. But um I do like that they're a little bit. As weird as it is, these are like crazier than what we've seen in a while. Like last year, they put like Gaelic font, and it's like, oh, look at this. We're you know, <laughs> girls' night out. We're getting wild. It's like, okay, uh, let's tone it down a little. But um, I, I don't, I don't hate these. Um, I, I like them, but I wish that they would. I wish that they would just try something different, like different, different for one year and see how it goes. Because those become you guys are huge Jersey guys, as I remember, right? Oh yeah, so Jack I, is. I have mine as a uh, nice decorations, but I got the uh, the Gaelic font jerseys right in front of me, so I, I so, looked up and laughed. A so bit, if yeah. if they made like some like ridiculously cool jersey, that'd be a collector's item in and of itself, even if it doesn't stick around. So oh yeah, I mean know. I get I get every player on every team every year, so I it'd be nice to switch it up a little bit, but uh. Yeah, Sam. I know you're a Jersey purist, right? Home whites at home yeah. only. Not even the banner town or the banner jerseys. Sorry. What do you What do you think of the new ones? Uh, I I mean I don't. They're not as bad as I initially thought they were gonna be. Like Evan said, <laughs> like it looked like it was neon. Raver I mean, I don't like I don't like when they have more jerseys though. And it's not even because I dislike the jersey per se as much. You know, like I mean I don't hate it. Hate it. It's not like it's not as bad as I thought, but. I just know that they're going to wear this so much now. And they already wear the other white ones way too much. Like, they need to wear them occasionally, not, like, they, they wore them back-to-back games. You know, like, wear the home whites, wear the traditional green uh, road jerseys. If you could count how many times they wore the green ones this year, it's probably under 10. So so I, I think I, that I, I like that that you bring up, like, you know, you'd wear it occasionally because that's kind of what I'm getting at, too. When you make jerseys that are so... Like, oh, there there are earned editions or city edition, but they're like so modest, then they end up wearing them so often because it's just sort of another jersey. If they had like a really cool, unique jersey, they'd wear, you know, maximum like five times a year, then I think that that'd be cool. I want it to be more of like a hot commodity type of jersey rather than, you know, like some teams do have this sort of, you know, like this is we're not going to wear this much because it's a crazy jersey. Um, the Celtics, I feel like all the jerseys that they roll out, they can wear, they can interchange with their current jerseys whenever they want. It doesn't even, it's not even like they're wearing a different jersey. So I think that I'm kind of in agreement with you there, Sam, at least in terms of how often they will end up wearing these. Yeah, they wear them way too much, man. Like you never get to see the traditional jerseys anymore. And it just, I don't know. I don't like it. It, it aggravates me. And every yeah. time they wear the traditional home jerseys, they win. I'm telling you, like I tweet it every time. I guarantee it. If you bet, bet. If you turn on the game and you see that, whatever the thing is, bet. Like right then and there, it's like free money. Mm-hmm. Put your house on it, you'll get two houses. Yeah. Like it's easy as that. Real estate. 
Celtics ahead, do do wear the weird jerseys a bit too much. I will say they don't wear it nearly as much as the Heat. Absolutely, just destroyed those Vice jerseys. They wore them every night. I forgot they had real jerseys anymore. I mean, the Vice jerseys were sick. I'll give them that. I, I like the white. I like the black even better. Lost me a little with the pink and blue. Lost mm-hmm. me even more with the ones that look like Trix yogurt. But I I don't know. It's just like, and the yellow ones. They're just going off the deep end now. I don't know. I don't right. know. Right. They've gotten worse and worse. They should have. They're like the opposite of the Celtics. They should have stopped when, you know, they found that cool jersey to to rock with and yeah. make slight updates to that. I thought they know? were going to rebrand, to be honest. Like, I thought they were going to just say that's going to be our colorway now. Like, that's when what they were the black and like the older red ones. I think I only think back of to like when LeBron was there. And that's almost like the last time they wear mm-hmm. those. Like, I literally feel like those red jerseys and even the black ones are like retro jerseys in a sense. Mm-hmm. Now it's crazy. I wouldn't even complain if they just completely rebranded, wore the white vice and then the the black vice or whatever as the, their yep. main jerseys. I mean, they look sick. It's a perfect design for Miami for the city, so I wouldn't complain. I don't think anybody would care that much because, like you said, they don't they don't really wear their original jerseys anymore. And then this new yellow one is just like I I don't even know what they're trying to do. They're just trying to take every color of the fucking rainbow at this point. Like yeah. it, it's an absolute mess. But uh, some of the jerseys this year are cool. The Raptors one is pretty cool. The Bucks one is pretty cool with the antlers going up the sides. You know, props to some of the teams for doing some things right. Some of them are boring, like I guess the Celtics. But overall, well, what would your ideal teams. Celtics alternate or you know jersey be? Do you have any ideas? I I like I seen the Dunkin' Donuts ones. The guy does on I think his name is James Beard. Yeah. Uh, be he, he does good designs. I like the the Boston Marathon colorway ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even the uh, the oil silo national grid, the the <laughs> colors on the front. Yeah, that the water one, tank. I like that one too. The water tank. Yeah. yeah. That'd be they could do like like the Zakem or something. They could do like a cool jersey. And even one thing that I've always thought teams should do, and I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's not that big of a deal. But is like do a play on the other teams in your city, other sports those colors yeah. so the Celtics yeah, would have like cool. uh, like a Bruins jersey type of thing or a, a Patriots jersey I think that that'd be kind of or you know like a Red Sox with that same font I don't know if there's like copyright infringement and stuff they going should on do there, a great monster cool. jersey that would be fun there you that go yeah. and it fits <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, is. <laughs> it fits that'd be great the one idea I always had was do something with like a shamrock pattern all over the jersey like don't make it obviously in your face like don't put gold shamrocks everywhere that's gross but like a subtle green of like shamrocks all over the jersey and stuff you know plain shorts or whatever like just the normal color shorts i feel like if they could do that in a way where it wasn't you know too brass or in your face i think that would look really good for the city so uh yeah and i also that- wanted them to do one that says tommy points on it yeah i mean shout out to your podcast but like i mean <laughs> they've had enough time now to, to put something together for the man. I mean, he's literally Mr. Celtic. Like, he yep. is the leprechaun on the logo. Like, that's him. Him in red. Like, that's it. I feel like, like they next should, season they could. They should literally... Well, now it's too long. You know, it's... Well, no, it's, because it's, I and, feel like they already had that banner jersey in the making, in, in like, in production when he I'm not talking about the... That's what I'm talking about. They, they released a new one today. Like, they had... But time. I think they had that too, though, because that was leaked. Obviously, I don't know. Then that, scrap that was... it and use it next year. You have <laughs> six I, months. I do think you have you have the resources. You're the Boston Celtics to yeah. figure yes. out how to like to get a, a Photoshopper in there and create a jersey. Yeah. So probably use but, the regular font. Have Tommy and then points underneath the number, and you'll be golden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that'd be nice. It'd be tasteful. I buy it and that. slap it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll buy a real one. I won't even I won't even have Jack order me one from China. I'll buy a real one from the Celtics. Of course, of course, classic. But uh, 
Yeah, the last thing I wanted to ask you, Evan, before, because I know you got to get going soon. Uh, obviously, the Oster game came and went. Three-point contest I thought was cool. The dunk contest was the dunk contest. How do you think the whole weekend was as a whole? You can talk about the Jays if you want, but just were you pleased with All-Star Weekend this year? I, I wasn't, no. I thought it would be kind of cool to be all jam-packed in one night. Like, I thought, oh, wow, it's going to be, like, an amazing climax of the All-Star Weekend in one night. I thought it was, like, really boring. I think the three-point contest was the only thing I thought was, like, wow, that's pretty cool. And, you know, Steph just goes off. But without that, I don't know if I would have liked it. You know what I mean? Just a regular three-point contest type of thing. The dunk contest, I thought, was, I don't know, honestly. The dunk contest and the All-Star game were both super low for me. Like, I, I know we saw the Jays and whatnot, but I don't know if it's as I get older, I start to appreciate the actual All-Star game itself less and less. But I'm <laughs> starting to get bored by it. Like, it's like, it's I'm turning into an old man being like, there's no defense and they're not doing this. But it's true. Like, I don't even... I don't even know what to think when, when I'm watching. It's like I, I watch guys just not trying and stuff. So it was a letdown for me. Um, and I think hopefully they return to order and making it spaced out because I think it gives the event, you know, the the events and then the game, I think it gives them their own sort of like spotlight and you can make more of a night out of either of them. But all in one, I thought the three-point contest was the only thing that piqued my interest. And unfortunately, that was like the start of the night. After that, it was like all downhill from there, so... That's yeah. where I came out. I got you, yeah. Sam, what you The dunk contest has to go. And I have other points <laughs> after this. But the dunk contest, it's been it's been done so many times. And it's really not even fair to the guys that are in it. Not that there's any guys in it at all. But I think people don't want to do it. One, because they might get hurt. Two, because there's so many things that have already been done that if you do something that someone's already done, it's not creative enough and you don't get a high score. Like, it, they've just done everything that they can do with it. They should add horse or 1v1s or what was another thing? I like the idea of bringing in people that aren't NBA players, too, to some degree, because, you know, you get these YouTube dunkers and stuff. Well, yeah, you might they might be doing dunks you've seen before. Right. But it's like a, it's a person that you have no clue who this is. And like all of a sudden that, you know, say well, it's that's how it is now. Well, that's true. That's, that's fair. That is fair. But maybe make it more of an incentive where these guys aren't making hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. Yeah, Bring in no, no, a YouTube you. contest where the guy, you know, they're, they're pretty much battling no matter if the dunks are original or not. They're battling for something that matters. Right now, you're getting you're getting guys that literally play two minutes per game, like Cassius mm-hmm. Stanley in Who the was dunk robbed. contest. Who was still robbed, I think, in I, my opinion, it, of the dunk. Not that it mattered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, how you want to look at it. But it's like and then the it, guy that won has dunked 15 times in his whole career, twice yeah. this season. Like, <laughs> how did how do you get to that? Like, how how does he get? They into got the to dunk dig contest? deep on the list. They went through Man. a lot of no's to get to his yes. They were like, "Can I you do that? So. No. Can you do it? No." I got it. I got a phone call and said, "Can you do the dunk contest?" And I declined. <laughs> so I was even ahead of that guy on the list. If he had kissed the rim, though, that would have been elite. But he he. he well, I mean. It, the man's flying it like steel. Yeah. He's not going to like it's bust his teeth. It's, un- <laughs> you know? it's unreasonable to, to think that. He doesn't he- even get the paycheck in, to pay for new teeth. In his interview, <laughs> he said, I tried to find a mouth guard, but I couldn't find it. So I couldn't, I couldn't do anything that's about just it. Find a mouth guard, my ass. That's just tough unless, unless he just thought of that on the spot and like he didn't yeah. plan to do that. Yeah, I got you. But uh, yeah, another thing they should do, they should do a trash talking like tournament, like like it's like a rap <laughs> battle, but it's like they just talk trash. <laughs> and How they just bleep it. How would you sure. do that? I don't know. You just have them. I don't know. You, you give them mics. You, imagine <laughs> Kevin Garnett going at somebody. Oh, my God. That's brutal. I feel like a lot of guys would get canceled or something. And Yeah. Well, no, you just bleep it out. It's okay. And then you can infer what they're saying. 
Okay. I, I mean, or maybe I guess... maybe you do like a like a for mature audiences only, you know, like if that's like the like the late night after the dunk <laughs> contest or whatever the last event is. Jeez. You know, it's like eleven thirty now. All the little Jimmys are in bed. They gotta hire you. <laughs> Yeah, you got a good idea, man. You gotta run the festivities All Star Weekend, but uh, that'd be so fire. I mean, people love that. I, I I'd watch. I don't know how many. Ex- exactly, you would watch. <laughs> I definitely and would. If you get the right guys, it'll be excellent. Imagine Blake Griffin like roasting someone. Like he's like he's like a comedian. He would yeah. be excellent. Versus Pat Bev. Pat Bev just screaming in your face. Marcus <laughs> Smart would probably be excellent. I, I don't even do guys even really talk trash anymore. Russell Westbrook. They're, like, they, 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 they're all just like super nice to each other now. No, Russell Westbrook would be in there chirping. You know, the Morris twins put them against each other. Oh, you're giving me ideas now. That that'd be entertaining. I don't think they could sell it to the networks, but uh, but, but it definitely would. You'd be. have to like like get like HBO to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, Showtime. Uh, like I said, Evan, I know you got to go soon, so we'll we'll let you go. Appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at EvGuyBoston. Is that correct? It is, yeah. And then follow Guy Boston Sports and anything. Is there anything you want to say before we let you go here? Um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. If you know anyone's interested in anything that I do, you can just find it on my Twitter. So um, nothing specific to plug or anything. But um, yeah, love coming on. You guys, your show's great, and uh, Thank you. Sam, I think you should keep pursuing those uh, those contest <laughs> ideas. You might have something here. You, you gotta do something different. I mean, <laughs> the dunk contest is done; it's dead. And nobody's excited for it. You can't even get dudes to do it. Like, you gotta do something else. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's crazy or not, do something. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone pitch a one v one where it was Taco versus Boban, so I definitely tuned into something like that. But uh... <laughs> it's like a gladiator, like like yeah. the fans vote for like the two most crazy dudes to play each other. 100 percent 100 you guys can check evan out at ev guy boston check out guy boston sports as well uh we are banner town usa on twitter i'm jackson MBA, and per usual sam you can wrap us up yeah our episode follow ev ever you are boss are you kind of our boss because we're <laughs> affiliated with you guys uh i i wouldn't say boss no i think friends Part- is a better term yeah friends partners whatever Associates. you want but if you do anything wrong i'm gonna come down with a hammer on you so i don't know <laughs> however you want to put it yeah whatever so, you so follow with. ev at ev guy boston i i think i i was not i blanked but i think that's what it is uh thanks a whole lot for coming on uh if you have any ideas for uh the dunk contest replacement let us know if you if you want to use uh if you like manscaped i know jack and i they don't we don't grow facial hair but we have a code btusa is the code right jack 10 percent off 20 percent better 20 percent off i have the little newspaper right in front of me 20 percent off and free shipping at checkout so make sure they have deodorant for your balls did not know that was a thing yeah it was in it was in the little box but um there you go yeah it's pretty pretty sweet so shout out to Manscaped. Uh, follow Jack. Follow me at Sam of France NBA. Follow Bannertown. That's our show for today. Bye.